I'm excited. I'm excited about today's message. I want to take a moment out here before we jump into. If you're uh, watching online with us, I want to say welcome. Welcome to Southwood Santa Clarita. My name is Efren Peña. I am the campus pastor here, uh, and it is a privilege and an honor to do life with you, to worship on a Sunday with you. And if you're at home and your PJs eating breakfast, I'm a little envious, I will admit, uh, uh, but I'm glad that you're joining and worshiping with us this morning. And so today we are kicking off a brand, brand new series, and I'm excited, excited about it. Uh, And um, here's the thing. Now, most of us, right, or most relationships start off full of passion and possibility, uh, but end up, end up dying slow, painful deaths, right? We, we find ourselves obsessing over our relational autopsy. You get my drift? We, but, but here's the thing. The cause of death is a complete mystery to us. We don't know what happened to our relationship, why it, it kind of fizzled and, and kind of went kapoof, right? We, we try to, we're trying to figure this out. If, but with a little bit of a detective work, right, we often tremble when we come to realize that we are guilty of the crime, that our relationship struggled because of us. We didn't intend uh, for it to happen, but we kind of secretly sabotaged our own story. So what if, what if we could investigate, we can do the research, we could get our Sherlock Holmes hat on and, and try to figure out what caused the death of our relationship? What, what, what damage did we do, right? What if you could see where the story is headed and change the outcome for the better? Would that be of help for most of us? I believe so. So plain and simple, my goal throughout this series is to help you, right, help us identify and overcome common relational killers. So please refrain from pointing fingers or nudging your significant others or giving them the stink eye, right? You know, this is, this is not about that. This is really about understanding how we can do better and be better in our relationships. Now, here's the thing. This is not a, just about romantic relationships. This is about relationships that we do with, or we have with people that we love and care about, right? We're going to kick off communicating in code. Do you communicate in code at home? Right? Some of you do. Monica and I used to communicate in code early in our marriage, right? When, especially with when Janelle and Maddie and Sophia were really young. And then God did this thing. He called us to Puerto Rico, right? And uh, we, our code was communicating in Spanish, Espanol, because our kids were gringos. They didn't understand a, a lick of a Spanish. But unfortunately, the school system was bilingual. And they picked up Spanish real quick. And so me and my wife had to f- figure out a different communication code. And we, we struggled. Like she couldn't get my eyes. Like, you know, she, we, we couldn't communicate that way, right? You see, most conflicts and romantic comedies could be solved in, in the first few minutes with a single honest conversation. 
But as the movie drags on for several hours, right, we realize that they're struggling to communicate because they don't know how to talk to one another. And you're sitting there like, just tell, tell them, tell them that you love them. Right, you're screaming, some of you do, I know you do. You scream at the TV, right? But that, and it seems crazy, it seems crazy that, that, that this would play out in a, in a, in a rom-com. But the truth of the matter is that it plays out in our own relationships. It plays out in our own relationships. And so what can we do about it? We're going we're gonna to discuss that this morning. Because here's the thing. We think we're communicating, but studies show, right, that we're mostly filtering and assuming. I like that. Anybody kind of learn that little story about what happens when you assume? I'm not going to say here, right? I'm not going to say it. I know some of you worry because Pastor Moses is here. He said, Pastor, you can't say that today, right? Right, but we don't know what happens when we assume. Listen, the average person thinks at about 400 words per minute. 400 words per minute, we are, we're, we're calculating in our head. But we only speak about 100 words a minute. This means that we think four times faster than we speak, especially a Puerto Rican, Right? Especially Puerto Ricans. So while someone is speaking 25% of their thoughts, we're adding 75% more to those thoughts, right? So in other words, you're sitting there adding words to what I'm saying, and then you go home wondering why you didn't get what I was saying, right? And so we're adding to that 75% more to just to what I just said. Meaning we easily read into things and make up our own assumptions. We have our own meaning to what, what the person that we were listening to said. In other words, while someone else is talking, you're translating what they're saying into what we assume their meaning, right? Then we move forward with our interpretation without seeking clarification. That's deep. That's deep when we really understand that. Thus, causing communication problems. A recent Gallup poll concluded in an era of increasingly fragile marriages, a couple's ability to communicate is the single most important contributor to a stable and satisfying marriage. So it's safe to say that most problems in a relationship stem from communication problems because we cannot communicate effectively. Chances are some of the problems that you are currently facing in your relationships with the people that you love and that you care most about is a direct result of communication problems. So let's jump into scripture, kind of get a, a little deeper intake of, of what I'm talking about this morning. Judge, Judges 14 verses 1 and 2 says, One day when Samson was in Timnah, right, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. I want to marry her. Get her for me. Little brute, little brute, I must say, Right? Go get her from you, right? So, right? So he's seen her, 
right? He has spent, he, he, he has spent maybe a little bit of time around her, but we find out that he never really had like an in-depth conversation with her, right? He didn't really get to know her deeply. And yet he's like, that's the woman for me. Kind of looks, likes the way she looks. He's digging it. And now he says, okay, somebody get her for me, right? Don't we do this in our culture as well? Well, we just, you know, not, not exactly that way, but we, we, we just don't tell our parents to, to go help us. We, we actually tell an app. We tell an app, hey, I need some help. You see that person? I just came up, their picture came out. They, they're nice. They're nice. Can, I need help, right? You swipe, get her for me. Get that or get him for me, right? This exposes a problem, right? Because part of the, the, uh, the reason communication falls apart in a relationship is because it's not the foundation of the relationship. We live in a time and era where so much communication is done behind a screen, behind a phone. And so many things get lost in translation, and so conversation is not the foundation of the relationship. Most romantic relationships get off the ground because it's sparked by a physical attraction. Did I ever tell you how I met my wife? Ooh, she, every day, and she was just beautiful. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to make her mine. She, she didn't want nothing to do with that. But that's a different story, right? Most of the relationships start out with a physical attraction. It is hot and it is steamy. You, you want to be seen with them. You, you imagine what it would be like if the candles were lit and the slow jams were playing. You know what I'm saying? Right? We imagine that, right? And, it, and, and this is certainly true for Samson. This is how he was portraying. This is how it was playing in his mind. Maybe not the slow jams, but this is how it was playing. You see, we tend to overestimate the percentage of the relationship that we'll be having. S-E-X. Right? We got some younger ears here. Right? We kind of pretend that, that the percentage when we meet that person, oh, it's going to be all the time, every day, all day. Right? We have this imagination and we underestimate the percentage of time that we'll be spent tackling real-life problems and situations. So we, we, we hype one side of it, but then we dilute the other side. And in essence, we're, we're doing an injustice to our relationships. Even if, listen, even if you are like a rabbit, even if you are, are doing it all of the time, it still probably only equates to a very fraction of your time that you have. The rest of the relationship is spent on things like, how are we going to pay rent, right? Who's picking up the kids tomorrow? Like, who, are you going to do this diet with me? Oh, no, I ain't doing that diet with you. Did you put the clothes in the dryer? Oops, right? Whose family are we spending Christmas with? Can we afford this car? Are we going to go out with your friends or we're just you and I, right? Uh, is our son old enough to have a cell phone just yet? Or is our daughter old enough to date? No, she's not old enough to date, right? How should we, what, what, what are we going to binge on Netflix? We spend so much time on these things in our relationship that we don't realize that. The list goes on and on. Am I right or am I right? Right, but we think to ourselves, oh, we'll figure all of that stuff out later. All I know is, ooh, let's turn off the lights. 
Mm, right? Because that's all we see. That's all we can imagine. That's all our mind is fixated. He is so cute. He is so cute. I cannot wait to make him mine. This brings about another problem. We want to believe that enough attraction will compensate for our lack of communication. Ooh. We believe that, that, that our attraction, the, 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 the excitement, the, the heat between you and someone else is going to compensate and make up for the lack of communication. And anyone who's been in a relationship longer than a few months will tell you that never works out. That never works out. So we bail on this relationship and we jump onto another and, and we make the same mistakes over because we didn't realize that the problem is, is not the, 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 the attraction. The problem is in us that we lack communication skills. Let's keep reading verse 7. When Samson arrived in Timna, he talked with the woman and was very pleased with her. <laughs> he talked to the woman and he was pleased with her. So now that they're engaged and this first conversation they've had, it, it actually doesn't even say that they had a conversation. It just says that he talked to her and he was pleased. Pleased by what? You just talked to her for the first time. Like, what happened? Right? Maybe she smiled, put her hair behind her ears. You know, she was like, hmm. Had the googly eyes going, right? They walked away without saying anything meaningful to each other. All they knew is, all they, that, all they knew is that he liked her and she liked him, and there was it was getting steamy and hot in there, right? This isn't necessarily a male-female thing. I believe that every relationship tends to uh, to have a stuffer and a steamroller. A stuffer and a steamroller, one who overshares and one who rarely shares. The results, right, the results in a relationship where one person thinks our relationship, it is great. We talk all of the time. And the other one thinks our relationship is horrible. We talk all of the time, right? You see how this can cause some problems? These tendencies are less about what we want to do and more about what we've been conditioned to do. So the issue is we may not all be self-aware enough to know who is who. A lot of steamrollers think that they're great listeners, but how well you listen is determined by how heard the other person feels, not how hard you feel you're trying. You see that? Because now the attention is not from me, myself, and I. The attention is about the other person opposite of you. Let's keep reading verses 8 and 9. Later when he returned to Timina for the wedding, he turned off the path to look at a carcass of the lion, and he found that a swarm of bees had been made had made some honey in the carcass, right? He scooped, this is a little gross here, but he scooped some of the honey into his hands and ate it along the way. You know, this is like a National Geographic. I told you the Bible has everything in it, right? He also gave some to his father and mother, and they ate it. That's even more gross, right? But he didn't tell them he didn't take, he had taken the honey from the carcass of the lion. Now, if you know anything about Samson, you would know that he had made a commitment. He had made a vow that he wouldn't touch another dead person, right? And so this posed a problem, right? Right? That he would knowingly compromise his integrity, 
to get what he wanted. Do we do that? Do we compromise integrity to get what we wanted? Because that brings about another problem. That doesn't work out well, church. You see, we hide bad habits when we fear their short-term disappointment more than their long-term destruction. I see the outer amen. I'll read that again. We hide bad habits when we fear their short-term disappointment more than our long-term destruction. In other words, I'd rather risk wrecking our, wrecking our whole relationship than suffer the pain of momentarily hurting their feelings or experiencing their frustration. That, my friends, is a terrible, terrible trade-off. Let's keep reading verse 10 and 11. As his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson, Samson threw a party at Timnah, right? As with the custom for elite young men, when the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men the town, from the town to be his companions. That sounds just crazy to me, but let's dig in a little bit more. So they all have, right, they, have, they don't have mutual friends. They just met. They don't know each other. They barely have said a word to each other. So they have no mutual friends. So then this party is thrown for elite young men. I don't know what that really means. And I don't want to read too much into it, but you can figure that out, right? They throw this elite party. But he has no one to invite. Samson has no one to invite. And here's the problem. We want these Instagram-type parties but most of us don't have close enough friends to include in the celebration. So it's just the show, which ends up being shallow. One of the detriments of relationships is, being, uh, is people giving bad advice. Bad advice because they only hear one side of the story. One side of the story. That's why people... Right? That's why people want to divide their friends up. They want to divide their friends up, right? Because I can do something or I can tell you something and you'll always take my side. And we never have to grow. You're always going to be in favor of me. Even though it's bad. Even though I'm doing the wrong thing. Let's keep reading verse 12 and 13. Samson said to them, let me tell you a fine linen robe. Solve my riddle during these seven days of celebration. I'll give you 30 uh, fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing, right? But if you cannot solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear your riddle. There's this whole dynamic that's playing out right here. Right? That no one really seems to, to kind of mean and get what's going on. Here's the thing. They don't like Samson because they don't know Samson. And if he feels like he's being taken advantage from these guys, so he doesn't like them either. They make this passive aggressive request and he responds back with a riddle. In other words, they're playing games. They're playing games with each other. And since we all seem to hate this, why don't we, you know, why, why do we keep doing this, right? Since we all hate playing games, why do we keep doing this? Because, okay, you ever done that in your relationship? 
If you just pretend like everything is okay, it, 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 somehow it's going to disappear midair, right? Even though deep down inside we know it won't. So we settle for artificial harmony at the expense of true intimacy. We settle for the fake stuff instead of the real stuff. Ever have fake crab meat? Compared to real crab meat, woo. See, like, I, I, my mom cooked the fake stuff. And I was like, why would you buy it? It says right there it's fake. That means it's not real. Why would you like that stuff? I don't like crab meat anyway. But maybe it was because I first saw that word fake crab meat. It's crazy. It's just a little insight on my life, right? Don't go judging me. Gosh. You see, we don't try to, to get the truth because we tell ourselves we're protecting their feelings. We don't want to cause a scene here. It's not going to, it's not going to uh, help the situation. How many times has a solo epiphany and intuitively realizes all of your unspoken frustrations, wants, and needs and desires, and without you even having to ask or say anything, they respond accordingly, and without any prompting, right, do everything you had hoped that they would do without being told when or how to do it. That's what I thought. That doesn't happen, right? That doesn't happen. You see, we hold each other accountable for what's in their head, not for what we actually said. We hold each other accountable for what's in our head, not for what we actually said. In other words, we didn't communicate what we wanted. We didn't communicate effectively how we wanted it to be treated. Thus causing problems. And those unspoken frustrations, they fracture relationships. Unspoken, unspoken frustrations fracture relationships, church. Because no matter how hard we try to mask it, the truth always seeps out. It seeps out in our tone, in our attitude, in our body language. I was like, whatever. Can I tell you how many times I said whatever and got me in trouble? Right? And then if you go, you, you add that, woo, that's even worse. The longer we avoid church, the longer we avoid crucial conversations, the harder, the harder they are to have and the worse we tend to make things in the meantime. We got to be better. We got to do better in how we communicate with those that we love. To avoid the tension of speaking truth and love, we settle for lying Small talk, passive aggression, nagging insults, the occasional whatever, right? Whatever. And that's what's happening in this story. We already see the line coming through, the small talk, the, the game playing. And the longer they keep doing it, the darker it gets. The longer we keep doing it, I'm going to skip down just a little bit here. So Samson, right, Samson gives an old, and she starts crying because they threaten her, you know, like, oh, if, you're, if, you're, if your husband doesn't tell us the answer to the riddle, then we're going to burn you and your house and everything in it. And she starts weeping to Samson, no, why don't you tell him, right? And so Samson gives an ultimatum. They threaten her. She emo emotionally manipulates the crying and the exaggerating. He responds kind of passive aggressively by saying, why should I tell you, right? 
She nags until he tells her. Samson insults the wedding party. The story goes on. The trouble keeps getting worse and worse. It sounds like these two people need to go to Dr. Phil or something, right? Because they cannot get it together. They cannot get on the same page. I get this is an exaggerated ancient example from the word of God, right? But doesn't this feel uncomfortably similar to the situations that we are going through in our relationships today? So what do we do about it? How do we fix this? How do we do better and be better? I think we do that by communicating like Jesus. Communicating like Jesus, the ultimate example on how we should do this in love. Ephesians 4.15 is not on the screen here, but I put it down and it says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. So let me wrap this up this morning here. As always, I want to give you something practical, something you can take home, something that you can say, aha, I get it. Right? I can do this. I can apply this to my life today. I'm not, I never want to push you home and go, let me go find a book. Let me go read more on it. Let me try to study this more. No, I want to put tools in your hands to help you be practical, to help, this, to help you be better and do better right here, right now. Right? So I'm going to give you a series of questions right, that you can ask yourself in order to steer your communication into the healthy zones. Again, this is whether you have a romantic relationship with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your, 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 your wife. This is about speaking with your kids. This is about speaking with your parents. This is all, this is all about communicating with the people that you love, right? The first question is that you can begin situation to get your own way, right? That's the first question we should be asking. How am I steering this relationship, this conversation in my favor? To get my own way, like pouting, stonewalling, talk to the hand, right? Withholding, raging, passive aggression, nagging. What are you doing right now that is, that is causing your relationship to trip and fall? Number two, are you hiding something you've done or how you really think and feel? Right? Are you lying? Are you avoiding something? Are you just doing small talk, right? Are you, are, are you misdirecting or minimizing things? When it really deep down inside, it bothered you. It hurt you. And it's something that you need to address. Have an honest conversation with the person that you love and who loves you back. Number three, are you communicating your point of view with calmness and kindness? Or are you attacking, accusing, insulting, threatening? You run to the closet and you get your boxing gloves on. Get it. Come on. <laughs> and number four is what you want to share likely to help them be better or just help you feel better. Are you venting? Telling them off, putting them in their place, guilting them, lecturing them so that they can feel minute, so they can feel the hurt that you're feeling. I know many of us have done all of the above in some form, shape in our relationships. But what if in our quest to communicate better, 
to be better and do better in our relationships? What if we, we, just, we just type these questions into our phone and, and kind of check them whenever we were in a dialogue with someone that we love and things weren't, things weren't going the right way? Would they help our relationships? I believe they would. What if you, you sent them to you, some of your close friends to help check you, to make sure that you're in the right place, that you're doing what you need to be doing, that your impulses are in check, right? Friends, if Samson would have deeply reflected on these type of questions, his romantic relationships could have gone totally different. So I want to encourage you today, let's be smarter than Samson. Let's communicate like Jesus would communicate. Let's love like Jesus would love. Let's treat our relationships the way Jesus would treat our relationships. Would Jesus go and be like, what are you talking, what, what, no, no, we wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. I think Jesus will figure out a very diplomatic, loving way to communicate with those that he loved. I think for us, we should be doing that. Figuring out of our lives. I believe it would take your relationship to the next level. And I don't know about you, but Next month, I celebrate 26 years of marriage with my beautiful wife. And number one thing is learning how to communicate. And our relationship has gone better and better, like fine wine, even though we don't drink wine. Like our relationship better. I'm in trouble now. It's gotten better and better because we've been able to communicate better. I'm in trouble now. But I love you. I want to see you grow in your relationships. I want to see Christ, amen.